I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. TMS happens through the magic of fan support. People like Steve Jackson, Brian Burgess, and Dustin S., for example. Be like them. Sign up at patreon.com slash TMS. Coming up on TMS, lemonade-based hearing loss. Scurvy Simplex 1. The bag of freezage. Thanks for the cup of diabetes. I don't like monkey herpes. I bought $20 worth of identity theft. Don't shove your 12-year-old into a box. Jiffy Lube keeps my food cold. Pipe safe goo. A Paul-sized hole. Hermes Simplex. (laughs) There are three mistakes. How's your mom's therapy game? In a box, in a bag, in the trash. Her idiot older brother with Wendy and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. This is weather, one of nature's ever-changing mysteries. It affects every one of us every day of our lives, and yet we know relatively little about it. Weather, that's something we'd all like to do something about, isn't it? And so tonight we've brought you down here to Remington Rand's New York Computing Center in order that we might show you that something actually is being done about it. I just sponge my pits in your mom's commode like a French lady. Oh, the morning stream. If you don't want the silver, you gotta take the lead. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to TMS. It's the morning stream for January 18th, 2024. I'm Scott Johnson with Brian Ibbett. Hi, Brian. Hello, Scott. Hey, man. So today, already I've made three mistakes. One, (laughs) I forgot to hit record on the pre-show, so I have to go back and do that for the video. It's fine. Whatever. Mm -hmm. I can do it. I can extract it. Number two, uh, I put all the wrong video information today, so we got all discombobulated there. (laughs) Right. And later, who knows what'll happen? I don't know. Maybe I'll call Wendy and accidentally call my mom instead. I don't know. I don't know. Well, how's her? How's her? What's her therapy game like? Can she? Uh, can she solve a problem? You think? No. I mean, practical stuff like you know, this sink's clogged. What do we do? That sort of stuff. She's good at that. But mm. if we okay. have any kind of like really interpersonal issues we want to bring up or anything, she's no good for that yeah. stuff. Forget it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Darn. Yeah. That'd be a real. Bu- um, I don't know where Wendy got it. Wendy didn't got. She didn't get any of that therapy minded stuff from anyone in my family. That mm. all came from her. That's Organic. interesting. Like uh, as as kids, did she? When was the first time that you noticed that she was like a 
a people helper kind of thing, like you know, with somebody who would who would be able to do well in the therapy world. Pro- probably pretty early. She seemed to be um, a, like a level ahead of everybody on observation. So she would, she would, we would be seeing something happen in real time. Maybe it was a family thing or one of my other siblings melt, having a meltdown or something uh, on a trip to Lake Powell or something. And Wendy would be the one that would kind of be organizational about the making of peace. So okay. my, my mom the would mediator, be, oh, I'm going to turn the, this car around kind of attitude my dad would have. And I'd be back there going, oh, she always does this. Or, you know, we'd always, <laughs> we'd have our parts to play. But Wendy would right. be like, well, now, you know, if you just, if you just think about it, we're only on the road for another two hours and we can play this game between now and then. It'll be like no time at all. Like she was, <laughs> she was really good at that analytical sort of stuff growing up. Yeah. Here's so, a book I'd like you to check out. Yeah. Here, <laughs> here's an Amazon link. Go grab this, get it on your Kindle and uh, do your homework. And then we'll talk about it next yeah. week. She says, and then she would charge my family $300 an hour. It was crazy. <laughs> That's right. But we didn't get a full hour. Doesn't matter. No, <laughs> you took out my time. Doesn't matter. Um, we're, well, let's ask her this as well. And let's see, uh, uh, what she, like if she, I mean, she'll say, she'll probably say the same thing you did, but I'm curious to see if she, when she knew that she was, uh, yeah, she may have a totally different, she may have a very different take on it. I'm not sure. But I think, yeah. I mean, I would observe it even like when I was in high school and she was much younger, I would see her in uh, grade school moving into junior high and I would see her relationships with her friends. It felt like she was the one who kind of had everything figured out, you know, and yeah. help yeah. people where they needed help or whatever it was. Um, I don't know. Well, I, we, we should ask her. Yeah. Like, yeah, it'll be interesting. You might have realized it before she did, even. Yeah. Right? You know, you might have uh, yeah. figured that out before she did. And she'll probably she'll cool. probably say, oh, it was when you chased me with the cold soldering iron. <laughs> That's what I knew. I knew that if I went into therapy, I'd at least have, uh, uh, you know, a handful of family members as clients. Yeah. If nothing else. Or at, the, or at the least, I'd have some great stories to to relate to other people who receive trauma from their idiot older brother. <laughs> right. Exactly. Entirely possible. Yeah. Um, all right, Brian, you know, I don't know if you ever get like a frozen meal kit in the, in the mail or anything like um, that. You ever get those? Yeah. Well, we get the, you mean the, um, we get the, uh, blue apron. We used to get hello fresh. We get blue apron. You talking about that? Or kind of, that kind of thing. Yeah. Now some of that yeah. stuff comes frozen, right? I think the blue apron stuff comes frozen or maybe it doesn't. Uh, not comes, sure. comes chilled, comes in a chilled pack. Um, but okay. not frozen. The meat is usually the, the proteins are usually frozen in a separate walled off ice block container in the bottom. Right. Okay. So this is very, then you're, you'll have exactly my experience with this. This okay. is from, right. uh, we got some factor stuff for core. Oh, cool. Um, and when they show up, they're not frozen. They're right. ready to throw in the microwave for two minutes, and there's your there's your thing. Exactly. Yeah, you got to eat them. Uh, yeah, eat them. Refrigerate them. Don't freeze them. Refrigerate them. Yeah, get those things in the fridge. Don't leave them out. Uh, anyway, they come in a box with these big, almost like bags, but they're kind of in block shape, mostly because of the shape of the box they came in. They're these frozen blocks. Sure, sure. Now, yesterday, I was trying to dispose of a couple of those, and I thought, I don't know why I thought this, because of course it's not true, but I just thought it was like ice in there, you know, uh-huh. like a block of ice with food in the middle of it. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Like uh, uh, a demolition man, you're looking at uh, what's his face, uh, Sylvester Stallone, encased in ice. Yeah, or your, okay. Or even like you know when you take a, a 
I don't know, a cooler to the beach or something. You, you just throw mm-hmm. ice. I just kind of thought that's all it was. Oh, you're thinking like in the, in the, not in the, um, I see what you're talking about. You're throwing out the freezer bag, the bag that contains the frozen stuff in it. Correct. The gel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now here's, it's funny you said gel because I yeah. didn't know there was gel. I just thought it was water yeah. and ice in there. Oh, yeah. No, no. I had no yeah. idea. So I'm such an idiot. I take these bag, these two bags out. And while mm-hmm. Kim took them out and laid them out because she wanted them to defrost before we, sh- we, we threw them out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or put them in the garbage. And, uh, that was fine, but I thought, well, why am I going through all this rigmarole? They're they're here. They're melted. I'm doing dishes. I may as well just run this water. What I thought was water, mm-hmm. I should just run this down the sink. No big deal. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, which is what we do. Yeah, we we empty the bags into the into the um, kitchen sink, and then I think we recycle the bags because they're you're supposed to be able to. It's supposed to be completely carbon footprint free or whatever are they because this is where i was worried because cutting them open so again i cut it open expecting water what i got was this viscous Uh freaking petroleum jelly (laughs) that's it smells like a gas station like it smells really oil and you know like a greasy floor mechanic uh, shop like if you Uh ever walked through a jiffy lube it smells like that and I went. I know exactly the like. It's yeah. You like you're behind a guy who's wearing a blue shirt with his name in cursive on the uh, on the front pocket. You're standing behind him at the Taco Bell waiting for your taco salad, and it's that that smell. Like I know you work uh, under cars all day long. Yeah, it's that smell. And yeah. I went oh, and then I kind of had a panicked moment of like that probably shouldn't go down the sink. And so I turned to a just previously hand cleaned mixing bowl. <laughs> and I just went and squeezed the whole oh, thing no. into there. And uh-huh. then, I, then I got a real look at it because it's, you know, you can kind of see how gelatinous it is and everything. And yeah. uh, I called Kim and I said, is this stuff like even remotely safe to put in the sink or what am I supposed to do with it? She goes, oh, no, 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 no. Take it out to the trash. You don't want it in the sink. You don't want it in the trash. And then for a minute, I was hesitant to even tell her that I'd cut it open. Uh, but I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll put it in the trash. Gotcha. And, you know, winked at the phone and, and hung up and then took the bowl out and dumped it in the in a box, in a bag, and then into the trash. So it wouldn't get all gross. <laughs> but anyway, I did not okay, put it down right. the sink. Now, the chat says I should never put that down the sink, right? That stuff's going to coat something and clog something and uh, cause issues. See, and I don't know, I don't know what um, a factor's deal is, but uh, Blue Aprons... Uh, they, uh, in 2019, I'm saying reading from their website, um, in at Blue Apron, we're proud of our gel packs. In 2019, we became the first meal kit company to introduce drain safe, fully recyclable gel packs Mm. developed in partnership with Nordic ice. Our packs were so impressive. We received the 2019 packaging innovation award from Dow. Um, uh, basically, it's water-based. The contents can be safely drained down the sink. Once emptied, the plastic exterior can be recycled via in-store drop-off. Um, yeah, so so I don't know what Factor uses, but Blue Apron, you you absolutely 100% can cut it open. Like once it thaws, you put those things on the counter, let them thaw. Once they're thawed, cut uh, um, cut the thing open and uh, pour the goo. Uh, out yeah that makes sense and it's just so you've got some kind of sink pipe safe goo in those and this these do not as far as i know these don't maybe these are i don't know i mean i don't i can't i'm looking it up yes i don't know it would say on the bag by the way should say on the bag like whether or not you can um (laughs) i didn't even think of that i didn't even think to look at the bag (laughs) (laughs) i mean of course it'll have something on there 
but I didn't read it. Um, anyway, it all made it to the trash and everything was fine. And the kitchen smelled like uh, a Jiffy Lube for about a half an hour. But other than that, everything went fine. <laughs> it's funny. Rainbow Bright says, uh, <clears throat> can you recycle them? Can you refreeze them? Use them for your lunchbox? Yeah, and we have, because we've been getting Blue Apron for a while. We do we do Blue Apron maybe every two weeks, um, maybe even three weeks. We don't do it weekly. Yeah. But it's... It it's it almost serves more as oh we need some new ideas for recipes we need need some new ideas for things to that are quick and easy to make and so half of the things we get from Blue Apron we're like oh save this recipe and we'll use it on one of our non Blue Apron weeks as like a this this chicken and rice thing was amazing or this other thing was great so we save um, we save or we we saved initially like four or five of the pairs of of cooling packs that we get to put in you know in the cooler when we have friends over we'll refreeze those and put them in there to keep drinks cold in the cooler and stuff like yeah, that that's a good idea so i like yeah. that these are too big for lunches and things but they're big enough they'd be perfect for drinks or you know they're great for yeah they're great for coolers they're great yeah. for um we we just keep keep them all in the outside freezer and if anything happens that we like oh my god we need to clear out the kitchen refrigerator freezer then we can put all that stuff in in the uh we won't be able to fit it all into our freezer out in the garage but we can fit it into the cooler with these freezer bags and keep everything ice cold while we deal with refrigerator problems if we have them so i think i found the difference if yours doesn't smell like petroleum then you have the newer cleaner newer uh, pourable ones okay so mine smelled Uh, like because mine smelled like a, a motor oil Yours did not win the Design Innovation Award from no, Dow. No, I, w- I will admit I was gotcha. this tempted, only a tiny bit, like a little yeah. eyebrow hair tempted to just pull out a uh, lighter or a match and see if it oh, was, geez. was okay. flammable. Or You're not. like the kid on the playground who tasted the cocaine. Scott. A little bit. I wouldn't taste let's it. See if, let's see if it's explosive. <laughs> in the, I'll try this out in the fridge, in the kitchen sink. Oh, I was 100% the kid that would try to light his thing on fire. I was not the kid that would taste anything I found, but I would I would light it on fire. Like I knew that same kid, I could pay that kid a dollar and he would taste yeah. the gel from the yeah, right. from the oh, bag. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think you want to eat that stuff, that frozen no. gel stuff. So so yeah, look at the look at the um packaging of the thing itself and uh and see if it's something drainable. The ones from Blue Apron are and there we go. It's this is not a not a sponsorship for Blue Apron, but man, I'm going to I'm going to how how great they are uh, just with that too well according to mantle beard according to factor oh. uh the contents of our gel packs are made of 99 percent salt water and one percent sodium polyacrylate acrylate that's the, probably what i'm yeah. smelling is the polyacrylate yeah. it's 99 salt water and one percent amco repairman yeah what it is. <laughs> so Factor gel goes so it does they but okay mantle beard do they say on the site whether you should chuck it or can you is it pipe safe that's the part I was unsure about that's the I mean, whole point sodium polyacrylate thing. is like a um, I don't geez, know what that you is I think it's a it's a uh, well acrylic so polyacrylate so multiple um, poly multiple acrylate plastic mm. which is what you're smelling uh, so yeah probably probably not. Yeah, there's, they're, they're saying no drains and you should pour it out in the trash and then if you can recycle the bags, which is what I was trying to do. Except I, You can dispose of them by draining the gel into the trash. That's 
That's like, why would you, <laughs> why would you drain that into the trash? Uh, like well, you then, just, then put, you the, can, put the bag into the trash. Well, then you can oh, recycle, then recycle the bag. The bag. Yeah, okay. yeah. If you're recycling the bag, then yes. If not, but you're not just gonna. Uh, I'm not just gonna like cut the side open, open my plastic trash can, and go right into there, right? So you're gonna put it in something else, which means you're putting it in another bag. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> If you've or already so if you've already got bagged trash, I guess you could pour it in there and just be careful. Yeah, right. There you go. Put it in the kitchen trash and then seal that bag. But there I don't go. trust that. Yeah. I don't trust that very much. That stuff falls out and does weird shit. Leaks, and then you got, and then all of a sudden now your trash can smells like uh, smells like Jiffy Lube and uh, yeah. yeah. And then the trash man accidentally dumps it wrong and it goes all over the side of their truck and now they don't want to like me anymore and we can't have that. <laughs> we gave them Christmas gifts. Damn it, they have to like us. Anyway, yeah, right. uh, so yeah, the lesson here, don't yep. be stupid. That's the lesson. Uh, we asked people about their Timu experiences because yes, the right. thing's everywhere and everyone's advertising it and it freaking sucks and I hate all the ads. But I wanted to know if the products were legit. Is it a decent shopping experience? Are people getting what they want out of this Are they getting? Are site? they getting, thinking they're ordering something that's really cool and then they get it and it's it's... The cheapest piece of flimsy garbage they've ever seen. Sure. And, you know, a risk that probably runs through most of the online retail experience anywhere. Amazon sometimes will have a thing. I bought something on Amazon once that I thought was supposed to be good for uh, something. I don't remember what it was. But I got it. And it was terrible. It was the worst possible result. Yeah. Yeah. And I sent it back. So, I, you know, I realized that plenty of places are susceptible to this. And why not Timu? Why not Amazon? Why not anybody else? But in this case, we got an answer from another Brian in Waxahachie. Waxahachie? Waxahachie? Waxahachie, Texas. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. Down in Texas says, our family did a Timu Christmas last season. Uh, your secret Santa had a $20 limit uh, for stuff off on the site, so we had a great time. Uh, <laughs> says, I bought a bunch of stuff over the last year or so, and it has all been worth the price paid. So take that for what it's worth you know that's i mean really funny that's actually a really funny uh way to do it and uh yeah and that way everybody not only gets something fun and goofy that they weren't expecting from timo but uh, timu but they also get uh identity theft so yeah that's cool that's yeah. a really good uh yeah you also lose your all of your important data and uh that's right potentially your credit cards <laughs> a, and your use a burner gift card to buy on timu and you're just fine yeah you'll be you'll be fine see that's my biggest concern whenever i go near that thing when yeah. i go near the sun at all it's just like, oh, just has a vibe, right? It yeah. just has a vibe. Yeah, they want me to, you know, put my name in too many little things. They want me to sign up for weird stuff. They want to, they want to make me play a freaking roulette game at the beginning of the whole experience. Like, I just want to shop, you guys. I just want to search for like stormtrooper helmet. And that is um, shopper engagement, and that is an SEO practice that uh, is highly effective, Scott. That's true. Dr. Calhoun says, set up a one-time credit card on privacy.com. I've never even heard of doing that. Is that a thing? Oh, that's cool. I remember uh, Chase used to let you do a burner a burner uh, uh, credit card number. They don't anymore, which is a, a bummer. But um, So how does that work? You just... Uh, you go to Chase, you log into your account, you say, I want to use this credit card, give me a burner number, and they just give you a, a new 16-digit number and a, um, a three-digit code that you can use on a site that will only work for that purchase and then it won't uh uh then it won't that that number will never work again or at least it won't until (laughs) phil jones and 
in Fresno gets that <laughs> randomly gets that card number on his on his new Mastercard. Yeah. So so wait a minute though. So if I do that, then yeah. do I have to prepay it? Like I have to say an amount ahead of time? No, because you're using with your. I think it will just it'll just be whatever price, whatever amount you use on it. It'll use it, but it'll only use it once. So oh, okay. Um. Yeah. So it's not like. So it could have a limit of. Uh, I don't know, ten grand, and it you might, may only yeah, use it once they might, for twenty They might have bucks. a limit, and there might have been a way to set it. They don't let you do it anymore. They don't do it for you anymore. It's a, it's a bummer because that was a really, you know, there's some, there's some things I order online that it's like, eh, this is the only company that sells it. I think they're legit. They look legit, but just to be safe, let me get a burner number. Interesting, um, but. Uh, Privacy, like. so privacy.com links to your card. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's cool. How do they charge for this? Uh, you do a personal, oh, a personal's for free. You okay. get up to 12 cards per month, secure merchant locked and single use cards, ability to set up spending limits, pause and close cards, access to your web app, mobile, blah, blah, blah. And a foreign transaction incur, or if, if you're foreign, you get a 3% fee on top of stuff. Mm. That's normal. Yeah. There's a pro level. They'll let you have up to 36 new cards per month. Oh, jeez. Uh-huh. Uh, what else? Bunch of support. That's mainly the same though. And then twenty five a month gets you sixty cards plus some extras. God, I mean twelve cards a month for the free version. Plenty. That plenty is plenty totally for me. Yeah, just I, fine. Yeah, exactly. I do. I do not make enough transactions in a month. I probably don't even do twelve for me. Mm-hmm. Kim no, does. No. Maybe combined with like the both of us, but my by myself, no way. I wouldn't even come close. Mm-hmm. I probably use. Jeez. Well, what about recurrings, I guess? That's a big question. Yeah, like subscription kind of things. Yeah. Um, Probably don't use that for this, right? Um, you can do merchant locked, so it would it would only work for that merchant subscription. Um, so they have different kinds. It looks like they've got merchant locked and then single-use cards. So obviously your single-use wouldn't work for a subscription, but a merchant locked one would. This like seems, say, All right, seems let me cool. Subscribe to this Japanese treat monthly subscription box you could say great let me, let me use this merchant locked one and they're the only ones who can use it yeah this seems all right you get cash back on the two paid options oh uh, interesting yeah one hmm. percent cash back on your purchases not that's not huge but that's yeah but the whole point I mean, is if you're not, making big charges then, then that actually could be you know if you're doing uh a thousand dollars a month in this stuff then one percent cash back pays for that ten dollars a month for the pro yeah, and they do like a looks like a uh, one pass slash you know one password sort of mm, connection cool. to all your browsers. So all you do is just log in, sign in, and bam, it takes the card. That's pretty nice. cool. Okay, that is pretty cool. There we go. Privacy.com. Also not a sponsor, but look at the look at all the free airtime they just got from us. Tons of it. Way more than a standard ad. You guys are you guys owe us. <laughs> That's right. You know what? Exactly. Here, well, here we'll take this in exchange. A ten dollar a month level for each for brian and for me just separate right. separate accounts yeah. that just are now we don't pay the 10 we're just now Perpetuity. a lifetime yes yeah sure. grandfathered in forever let's do it all right finally a note about uh all you can eat okay yeah okay uh this is for tms uh this is from racer 951y he's uh very active in our discord as well yes he's a very generous uh uh, Steam code donor as well. We've gotten a lot of stuff from him. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, and I want to thank. I don't know if he. he I know he listens to Core. I'm not sure he listens to the show, but there is a listener named Norm who sent me a bunch of Core codes, uh, and we've been giving those away and having a great time doing it. So just shout out to Norm if he's listening. Norm. 
<laughs> he just entered the bar, Norm. Um, let's see. This is uh, what he says. It says, me and three buddies have been banned from two different all-you-can-eat Chinese restaurants in Oklahoma. Signed, Racer, 95-1-Y. Uh, yeah, I don't like these things where people are like all you can eat shrimp or all you can have, yeah, like you can have yeah, whatever the red lobster uh, the red lobster gate because the one thing because <laughs> the one thing they don't do is they don't tell you is that if you come and take advantage or exploit their deal they have every right to say you can't come here anymore yeah yeah it's not like you have some open ticket to come be a dick so that's right not that so, race or not that you were a dick but you know what I'm saying it's like I don't know if. Uh, if I've talked about this, but one of the things, there's a, a subscription service that I belong to, which is the Panera Sip Club. What? And uh, uh, this is a, uh, like, all you can drink uh, coffee and soda and there's their teas, they're like flavored teas and stuff like that. But nothing, you can't do a latte or a cappuccino or something like that. It has to be just their straight coffee. And they're, um, they're only five minutes away from me. Mm. And it's cheaper than the bags of coffee that I was buying, the the ground coffee that I was buying from uh, Starbucks or Red Silo. I really like Red Silo's coffee. It's a local local uh, mom and pop place. Sure, but um, but it's like you know what? I just go. I put. I I take my Spider Man mm-hmm. uh, thermos mug here. Yeah, like it. I put uh, two Splenda in it and a little bit of uh, sugar free, fat free coffee, mate. And then I head over to Panera, five minutes away, boop, 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 log into their thing, and then uh, get my coffee and leave. Wow. And, uh, wow. and I, I easily get more than the $10 or $11 a month that comes from that. And then, because I'm going there, they say, oh, thanks for being a, a customer, a Panera customer. How about a free pick three meal? Or how about a free soup? Mm. That sort of thing. So That's great. Yeah. I still have never been to a Panera. I don't know what my deal is. We got them here. Yeah, it's never been. You know the the rest the the, the food is okay. I think uh, they make a, they make some killer um, uh, sandwiches. Like lunchtime, get like a bacon tomato Big on bread. focaccia bread. Yeah, yeah that's that's uh, yeah, a place like uh, that here. Something bakery, and it's kind of the same food. So maybe that's why yeah. I just never felt pressured yeah. to do it. It's, but. It's nothing that I would go out of my way for. Hmm. And it's funny because, like, you look at the chat now. Uh, ICU says, Panera is dot, 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 okay. Hmm. Uh, Dr. Calhoun, Panera is meh, personified. Panera, yeah. Panera is nothing special, says Stoic Squirrel. <laughs> it's pretty pretty much. Like, Panera is, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's okay. But it's but it's good with, like, a, uh, a De Niro frowny shrug. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> It's good. <laughs> I like the De Niro frowny shrug. Yeah, the De Niro frowny shrug. I don't know what happened from it, but you remember that in the news they had the um, uh, Panera was charged with, or they were they were being accused of their uh, caffeine loaded lemonade of oh, killing a guy yes. and all that. Yes, and you know I came from that. Now mm. every single time I go to their little iPad at the counter and and say I want to get my free cup of coffee. Um, like it pops up a menu drinking caffeinated drinks such as our charged lemonades uh can cause da 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 and blah 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 really um yes even though it's, even though that i don't think they even went to court on this i don't think they even really like, well yeah. they settled out they settled out of court to put that that warning on their their drink stations there's the new lady 17 hours ago in fact who says that the highly caffeinated panera charged lemonade causes caused her permanent hearing loss 
is what she claims. <laughs> oh no, really? That's horrible. Well, Jeez. just cut back on the can the caffeine there, fellas. Yeah. I think they just they just didn't realize what the charge was in the charged lemonade. Um, I don't do the charged lemonade because it's like more sugar per ounce than a than a full on Coca Cola. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, uh, that might be a problem there. Like, I, I oh, agree. No, I got diabetes from your charged lemonade. <laughs> thank How you. This happen? Thank you for the cup of diabetes. Yum yum exactly. yum. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, here's the do, here's the here's yeah. the the levels. Okay, so if we go from zero to twenty milligrams of caffeine per ounce, uh-huh. which by the way is about the maximum before you you know you really do start killing people. Red yeah. Bull is the lowest with just under ten. Monster at ten. Panera at about twelve. Uh, Panera Dark Roast, just above that. Really, uh, that's what I get is the Panera Dark yeah, Roast. Yeah, so okay. you're getting right. more caffeine than the lemonade people <laughs> in your coffee. What's that, Scott? What? <laughs> what? What? I can't hear you. Anymore. I have permanent hearing loss. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dunkin' Donuts is higher. Starbucks Dark Roast is higher. Almost 17. And Bang. I don't know what Bang is. Is that a drink? That's the cherry drink. The... Um, it's like someone yeah, it's a canned energy shit. drink uh, that's cherry or pomegranate. No, cherry based. It's bang. some it's some YouTuber, right? Some like that Bing. You know, I might be thinking of Bing. <laughs> I would make more sense because Bing cherries. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's a influencer drink. Is it? Ugh. I think so. I hate those. But anyway, Bang's at the highest. They're almost a full twenty. So by just by the the norms here, the panera thing that people are worried about isn't even close to the one that's the highest mm-hmm. in fact it's below the coffee you get for free yeah right oh good good so there you go seems like bullshit a little bit it does seem like bullshit by the way yeah bang does have the black cherry vanilla i did have one of those once at an airport oh and, okay uh, all right yeah oh the lowest guess what the lowest is uh the lowest amount of caffeine but still containing caffeine yeah in a commercial drink brand who has the low and it'll be a brand you know um, let's say Arizona iced tea. Incorrect. It is Coca-Cola, 12 ounce can, only 34, oh. well, two, 2.3 per ounce. So 2.83 okay. per ounce. So about 34. Total. Oh, that's not bad at all. Jeez. No, it's low. Like, Don't drink a Coke before bed. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, pretty minor. Yeah. The, uh, the bang 16 ounce bang is the one at, oh, 300, wait, 300 what? Oh, milligrams of caffeine. So per Jeez. serving, it's. I don't understand their chart, but whatever. Anyway, just be careful out there, everybody. Don't be so drinking Logan, stuff. Logan Paul, I guess, is the uh, is the one who's in, involved. There in it is. Ex TikToker yeah. Logan Paul. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. You know what? I'll say this. His brother Jake. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty good MMA fighter. I'll give him that. <laughs> okay. I'll give him that. He's he's the, <laughs> sure, he can actually sure. go out there. And I'm not a big MMA fan, so I don't know all the ins and outs. But it seems like he can kind of hold his own. MMA people write in if I'm totally up in the night here, but he seems like he can do it. Take all the other exposure out of it for a second and just focus on that. I think he's a decent MMA fighter. And when Logan Paul does his WWE appearances, he Uh seems fine there, too. Seems fine. Which it was Logan that did the whole like I'm filming from a, a Japanese suicide forest. Yep, that was uh, yeah. Okay, we covered that right here. In fact, I think we did. I think that's I think that's when I said I'm done with uh, with that whole <laughs> that whole family. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty lame. I mean, yeah. and, and by then, I mean he had already been doing. I don't know. Yeah, years of shock, this kind of stuff, shock videos and stuff, Vine yeah. and t- uh, YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't. I really don't. I don't work. I don't live around those circles. But I can tell you that I was Logan Box. I didn't know that. But uh, Jake Paul's MMA stuff is actually kind of fun to watch. So there's that. Mm. 
Okay. Uh, thank you for that, Racer. We appreciate it. If you want to send in your own thoughts, feelings about any of this, or if you're an MMA yeah. uh, fan and you think I'm totally wrong about Jake Paul's uh, placement in the MMA world, then send in a call or a voicemail or a, um, uh, what do you call it, a, a text. And you can do that at 801-471-0462 and sure. let us know. Actually, people are disagreeing because it's uh, Jake does boxing. Logan Paul is the one in WWE. Well, well, no. No, I knew he was in WWE. I'm saying Jake Paul does. Uh, doesn't Jake Paul do some MMA? They're saying Jake does boxing. It's MMA though, right? Or is it regular boxing? Um, uh, this is where this is where this is between you and the chat room, Scott. I'm just facilitating their messages to you, but uh, it's not an MMA yet. Jake, they say. Oh, I thought it was MMA. Kelly one thirty eight says only boxing for Jake. Oh, okay. But all then right. TV's Travis says Jake does does both. Maybe why don't you guys all come together, <laughs> get your information together? Yeah, I mean I knew Logan uh, and then did wrestling. Back does. Yeah, I knew I knew Logan did wrestling, but I I thought Jake Paul did the. And, and really, anime. just report back to Scott because I don't I don't give a shit about yeah. any of this. Stuff. Brian doesn't care. <laughs> I don't I don't even care. I don't even really care to be honest. <laughs> no, ain't nobody care about this. Yeah, I, like you said, I wrote off the whole Paul family uh, years ago and no. uh, never looked back. Yeah, I wrote him off when I went. Paul's not a last name. I'm out. That's right. There is not a Paul family-sized hole in my life that I need to fill. <laughs> no, may there never be. Maybe Brian. Aaron Paul, but uh, nobody else. Oh yeah, I do like Aaron Paul. I yeah, should not unrelated. besmirch all Pauls. He's a good Paul. Right, he's a good Paul. And RuPaul. Wait, RuPaul. Yeah. Yeah, RuPaul. Sure. What about uh, who's the one that makes the the guitar? Uh, Les Paul. Wes Paul. Another good Paul. That's yep. a good Paul. That's another good Paul. There's so there are some good Pauls. Yeah. Yeah. These are these are decent decent Pauls. Yes. Uh, don't let them ruin the rest of the Pauls. Let's move on to some news. We have some news to cover, and it's important news. So here you go. Today's news brought to you by. Brought to you by Coverville today, noon, Mountain Time, at twitch.tv slash Coverville. Uh, it's time to kick off your Sunday shoes with the 40th anniversary of the soundtrack of a little film called Footloose. Yeah, they came out 40 years ago. What? Holy poop. Uh, so, of course, uh, we're going to cover every single track from the album, as well as the four <laughs> bonus tracks that were added in the 15th anniversary release. So you can hear covers, of course, the title track, Let's Hear It for the Boy, Almost Paradise, Holding Out for a Hero, uh, as well as uh, Bang Your Head by Quiet Riot, Hurts So Good by John Mellencamp, Foreigners Waiting for a Girl Like You, because those played in the bar, I think, that they were at or something. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> There's some... Some way, some some place in the movie they played, but weren't on the official soundtrack. So uh, today, noon Mountain Time, Twitch.tv/slash Coverville, playing some Footloose and also playing some Marvel Snap. Nice. If I wasn't starting uh, the Greg Street show right then, I would drive yeah. to Lehigh and I would park in front of the roller mill. <laughs> in, in front of the flower, it's a flower mill, right? Yeah, it's a big. It? It's a place called Lehigh Roller Mills. It's a big flower mill, and they make like uh -huh. pancake mixes and a million other things. And uh, it's still there, and I could stand out by the freeway where John, who was the dad or the Lithgow, um, Lithgow duh, yeah, where uh -huh. John Lithgow is out there getting chewed out by his daughter or whatever the hell, or his wife. Uh, I know right. right where that intersection is. I could pull, I could, I could park <laughs> right there. So I'm gonna do that. That's I'm gonna do great. that to celebrate your uh, 
40, 40th anniversary look at foot why don't, you just, why don't you just find some podunk dude and teach him how to dance and it'll look really weird and awkward because he doesn't know the rhythm and yeah. uh, then all of a sudden he's a great dancer yeah I could do that I could do in fact I'd go right over to Lehigh High School the 100 uh-huh. year old high school where uh-huh. those scenes were filmed and I could oh, do really? that there yeah, and just pick a pick a random high school student and teach him how to dance. That's yeah. not weird. Is that's that weird? Not, that's not, not weird. Not weird at all. That's not weird. No. What's weird about that? Who would call that weird? Only weirdos would call that weird. Only weirdos would call that weird. Uh, we have Florida in the story or in the in the news. <laughs> Florida or, story. Florida story. Check this out. These Florida monkeys uh, can give you herpes. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. You got to watch out. Her herpetic uh, monkeys in Florida. There's uh, and here's where they've been found. So you can watch out for them if you're in Florida. Okay. Uh, these monkeys are called rhesus macaws or macaques. I thought we were calling macaques. We did that. We went through this, right? We went through this, right? Were they macaques or macaques? I think macaques is what we settled on, right? I cannot remember. Crap. Well, whatever it was. <laughs> we obviously retained it really well, folks. <laughs> we are sure about the Reese's part. Or the <laughs> Reese's. We're sure the Reese's. about the Reese's part. Reese's monkeys. Reese's? Reese's? Now we don't know. Reese's. It's Reese's. Oh, it's absolutely Reese's. Okay, it's, it's Reese's. Definitely not Reese's. It's yes. not that freaking Dunaway candy <laughs> thing. It's macaques, and, uh, but it's Reese's monkeys rhesus macaques rhesus macaques all right you're i'm down the man the man likes how that is said here we go <laughs> <laughs> all right sorry everybody i may have just watched my uh, one of my favorite hours of tv last night all right so just man, pays attention to the monkeys <laughs> i yeah. love him so much i loved that finale oh no, it was really good it was no really spoilers good. i'm just saying that they that finale and that final scene understands Mm-hmm. The exact ingredients, and I don't mean to be coy about that because of the whole tie into some actual ingredients. But and we're talking about Fargo. For we're talking about Fargo we season said five. The name yet. Yep. They have the exact ingredients of what makes Fargo Fargo from the very beginning, from the first yes. film on through. Yes. They understand it better than anyone, and they and nailed that. So for anyone who doesn't understand why it went down the way it went down or why it ended on the note it ended on, you don't mm-hmm. understand Fargo. It is so, so good. <laughs> it's it's good and you know we uh again not not certainly not giving <clears throat> anything away but um there's a there's a character a very like consistent kind of character that you find in a lot of the Fargo seasons, I was talking VM Vargas, but also in the Joel and Ethan Cohen movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you brought up Anton Sugar. Mm-hmm. I say I think it goes even as far back as Raising Arizona and the the demon bounty hunter on mm-hmm. a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. That is this personification of evil and death, and maybe a little bit of redemption, but mm-hmm. still is like um, you know maybe appears at first glance to be the main. Uh, antagonist, but really isn't when you when you kind of look at things. Yeah, you also you also end up with your your piece of soup. There's always a supernatural element to Fargo. Yeah, and it's always yeah. very understated and very weird. And it and its job is to distract you a little bit and have you go, wait a minute, what happened back there? Why is that? What what? Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. you go on. And you're like, wow, this is amazing. But I still got to think about that thing. Like I can, we can talk about season two because it's so old. But in season two, it was yeah. supposedly aliens, but we didn't never really know. There was no com- right. confirmation, but it was enough for you to be sort of bugged by it the whole time in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I loved this season. I absolutely adored it. 
I thought it was great. Yeah. People were amazing. It's really, really good. Yeah, I need to. Uh, I'm I'm going to go back as soon as I'm done uh, with my current uh, binge for recommendals. I think I'm going to go back and watch all the the Fargo seasons from the beginning. It's, it's, I'm, having done this recently with Kim, I can tell you, you'll enjoy every second of it. So I'm good. sure I will. Yep. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, all right. These monkeys. Cool. Anyway, monkeys. Rhesus, Rhesus macaques. That's right. Uh, they were originally brought to Florida by the manager of a glass-bottom boat operation. Psh, a-hole. Shouldn't have brought these over. They don't belong <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, no kidding. These monkeys no, don't belong exactly. in America. Get them out of here. Uh, says however, the species. That's right. The monkeys swam away from the island into the surrounding forest, breeding and increasing their numbers over the years. While the population of monkeys in the Silver Springs State Park area have reached 400 at some points. Trapping and removal efforts have kept them from getting out of hand entirely. Uh, as of 2015, uh, FWC reports that there uh, were around 190 inside this park. Anyway, nowadays these monkeys can be found throughout the state. Uh, the sightings uh, likely stem from the group of monkeys at Silver Springs. Aside from the environmental concerns, these monkeys pose a threat to public health, as rhesus macaques in uh, Florida have tested positive for herpes B. Hmm. Herpes B, everybody. Herpes B. I don't know the the different herpes. Uh, one of them is just the cold sores, right? The right. One is like the full on. There's hepatitis. Sorry, hepatitis. Uh, there's herpes. Herpes simplex. What do we all we were yeah. all told when we were younger? Yeah. Herp, herpes simplex. simplex is the yes. Yeah, it all came from. It all came from Eddie Murphy, didn't it? Wasn't yeah. it all like? I feel like uh, it Eddie was. Murphy talking about. Uh, I have no. Yeah, Dad, your dick falls off. Like it was, it was, his, uh, <laughs> was his was his joke. Oh uh, yeah, it was from Raw, I believe. It was from Raw. Yeah. Oh, that was such forbidden fruit when we were growing up. <laughs> it really was, and it's so. It looking back now, sadly, how tame it is compared to the stuff. Oh, you know. it's almost nothing now. I mean, it's still yeah. it's raunchy, but it's nothing like I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to think of somebody. Even like Kevin Hart's act is more raunchy most of the time. Yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the point here is this can lead to so this one you can get from a scratch is all it takes and it can okay. lead to severe wow. brain damage and even death the virus is transmitted by these monkeys through bite scratches or contact with their bodily fluids Ooh, so sex too don't have sex with the rhesus macaques yeah or spit or uh, or, or a scratch fight or uh, don't make uh, out with them uh, don't don't have a little thunderdome going on with the rhesus macaques no be careful down there you guys we worry about Florida in lots of ways but you know, in this way, I, I really do. Uh, also, Claire, Claire clarifies yeah. it. We just got it clarified for us. One is cold sores. Two is genital genital lumpy bumps. But it doesn't explain what B, A, and B, and that sort of thing. So simplex one and two are those. That's a. what it was. Simplex one and two. Okay, that makes yep. sense. B. I assume there's a A. Yeah, uh, because if I there's assume. a B, there's got to be like hepatitis B, right? Like you've, the same, mm-hmm. where, where not you know, obviously not related, but in, named that way for the same reasons that there's a hepatitis A and hepatitis B. There's no connection for some reason. When I hear herpes, I think I think about um, uh, scurvy. That's not connected to this, right? That's a no, not enough no, vitamin C or uh, something, right? Exactly. That's that's why British people are nicknamed limeys because yeah. they on the ships they brought the limes with them to stave off scurvy. That's right. Because the because the citrus was because it's a pirate thing. It's like a maritime 1700s deal. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Look so. at look at us with a really hot important information today. Uh-huh. Uh, here's another story. Uh, this is in uh, Key West, so we're staying in Florida for uh-huh. this. Key okay. West Ice Cream Parlor has a 250 dollar ice cream bar on their menu. 
people just do this for the uh, Brian are you just realizing this but I mean it's like they don't really want people to buy this they want people to talk about it so that it's on the menu they don't they don't care if anybody buys their uh, $6,000 steak because it's got gold leaf on top they just want they just want people to talk about I think you're right I think that if they do sell some that's a bonus but the real the real investment here is exposure is this is publicity exactly almost yeah. always and here we are helping them have it i guess that's sure. what we're doing we're doing we're doing their work for them fine fine we'll do yep. it now All funny right. enough it references the very first line of the story it references an eddie murphy bit <laughs> which we were just talking about in a totally different oh, context from from that same it was either from raw or from delirious right where yeah. uh, i yeah. got some ice cream i got some ice cream yep that's what they're referring to here uh, but i can't afford it that whole thing <laughs> Because you're on welfare. Uh, It says, but in this real life, uh, it's here in Florida. Key West Ice Cream Parlor, uh, Doozy Bespoke Ice Cream Bar. Bespoke. I hate the word bespoke. I I really hate it. I think it's it's fine for like, you know, handmade uh, greeting cards or uh, stuff that's uh, embroidered and stuff like that. But I don't, uh, the whole like bespoke ice cream. Yeah, I don't like it. I hate the term. It just doesn't. It's one of those words too that just bugs me, like laboratory or right, right, right. I don't know what else. I can't think of anything. A gymnasium. I hate them. Mm. Anyway, this place, this bespoke ice cream bar, uh, there in Key West, uh, they have the most expensive ice cream in the world. It's called the To Toak Bar or Toke Tuk Bar Toak Bar. I don't know. There's a uh, a, tote, yeah, like uh, it's almost like uh, could be just toke. like it's written in a nuke or something. Oh, right, because it could be. But Key West, not a twack. probably not a big Inuit uh, <laughs> no. crowd there. Uh, Two hundred fifty dollars price tag if you want one, and at Doozies, uh, they'll make you one custom to order first by using their luxury vanilla bar, and then mm. that sounds like a thing I'd wash myself with in the, in the shower. <laughs> right. Uh, dipping the bar into a premium chocolate coating. Next up, the bartender picks up a Hermes spoon to scoop up the shaved uh, morsels. It's pronounced Hermes. It's Is it Hermes? Hermes it's not Hermes. Her- I want it to be Hermes. It's not Hermes. No, it's it's Hermes. Even though that spells Hermes. <laughs> Even though it's spelled Hermes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, English mixed with other old languages. What have you done to us? Yeah. Yeah. Unless um, you're talking about the the messenger. That's Hermes. But uh Yeah, Hermes Air, the Greek uh, Hermes. He was yeah. played by uh um Paul Schaefer in the Disney movie. Uh uh Oh, in, uh, in Hercules. Hercules, yeah. <laughs> I love that they got Paul Schaefer for that. I thought that was Yes, great. yeah, that's great. Anyway. Ah, 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 <laughs> Listen, Hercules. Babe. You, yeah. you, hey babe, hey babe. You're killing it. Uh Hermes sorry, Hermes Hermes. Is that you said? Hermes. Hermes yes, spoon Hermes. to scoop up the shaved morsels of the most expensive and rarest chocolate in the world, Twack chocolate, and places it right on the bar. When they cover the bar with edible 24K gold leaf, there's the gold again, yeah, to top uh, off uh, with leaf. sugar diamonds. Okay. Sugar this, diamonds. They take this right off the menu. They probably did. Probably, yes. What a bunch of mishmash. It's hilarious that that your the cost of this stupid thing even includes the use of a an Hermes spoon. Yeah, yeah. Like who brings that up in case unless you're trying to just fill us full of crap. And the server will be wearing uh, Givenchy uh, shoes. And uh, 
and and Lancome perfume. <laughs> Here's what the owner says: If customers do not have the big bucks to spend on that bar, uh-huh. this place is filled with unique Wonka-like wonders for everyone, including a three dollar fifty cent cup of frozen yogurt for you that you can make a doozy bar one of the fa- or sorry, or you can make a doozy bar one of the favorites. That's weird. Which is a mm. Mr. Beast chocolate almond bar. Ooh, another mm. another internet another sensation. Another influencer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That guy. Doesn't he? He does good stuff, doesn't he? Though I mean, I've, I've. Yeah, I, as I YouTubers I, go, I think he, I rolled my eyes at a Mr. Beast thing, and then Tristan's like, "Well, yeah, he did this whole, you know, two hundred fifty thousand dollar. I'm gonna do the uh, Squid Game myself, do the Squid Games myself with contestants. Yeah. But then he ended up giving some of the money to charity. And it's like, ah, oh, come on, do do enough to make me yeah. hate the guy. Don't do stuff like he does stuff where he goes across overseas and gets people surgeries he can't get in. Yeah, normally exactly. and things like that. that yeah, that's the kind of that's the kind of person I'd like to be if I was, you know, a rich TikTok, YouTube, whatever influencer dude. But still, yeah, uh, I forget what his follower account is, but he's got the number one. Uh, subscription total uh, on YouTube and probably everywhere else, but mm-hmm. yeah, the guy's you know the guy's huge. Like he's huge. freaking and he's using like, and he's doing good stuff. So how can you know <laughs> Claire? It's just it's jealousy. I'm sure Claire says it's part. all it's all drug money. Says Claire. I'm sure oh, I'm that's sure. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure it's all drug money. Yeah, it's like this Mexican restaurant I go to up the street. I'm, they're just laundering for the cartels. I just know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, that's going to do it for today's news. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will have some time with my sister, Wendy. She's got some stuff to talk about. We talked about shadowing or our, uh, the shadow stuff some weeks ago. We got a follow-up to that. So okay. uh, we're going to discuss Good. that let's, after this break. Let's legitimize this uh, this business that we got going on here. Yeah. Um, and just to clarify, we were talking about... Um, we we're talking about that that supernatural vibe in a kind of country westernish feel. You still haven't watched Open Range or uh, Outer Range yet? No, have it's you? cute. It's in my permanent queue. I just still haven't watched it, but I want to. Yeah. Oh God, get on it because yeah. that is so that is so up your alley. It might as well be labeled uh, Scott Johnson Street. Mm. Wow. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I knew I was going to be. I mean, everything about it looks like it's my yeah. kind of thing. And I love Thanos, yeah, and I love those actors, and the other guy from right. uh, Roland's great, and and what's her face from uh, Say Anything is great, and just this whole supernatural element is great. It's it's that Shit's Creek it's guy. Great. Is real it's good. great, Scott. It's great. It's great. Well, what I'm getting from this conversation is that it's great. So I'm going to watch. It's great. It. Yeah. Have, have I mentioned that it's great? Okay. Well, let's get into this. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Oh, this is so good. You guys are in for a treat if you're listening to the. Uh, the recorded version of the show. Sorry, uh, live people. Uh, we love you more, but that, you're not getting this. Um, this is some uh, some trip hop for you. Some instrumental trip hop. So the godfather of down tempo and trip hop is this guy named Eric Hilton, and he's got a brand new album that just came out called Sound Vagabond. Um, he's released a few singles from it. This this is some kick ass trip hop right here. Let you know this is uh, the first of the the singles. Uh, it is Midnight Milan. Believe me, you're going to hear this, and you're going to want to hear more and more and more of it. Here's Eric Hilton at Midnight Milan.
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, what planet are you living on? Do you need mental help? Do you need to go and see the doctor? Many faces becomes demon-possessed by drinking a magical potion that Skeletor gives him. And we've returned. Tell me who that was one more time, please. That was Eric Hilton. He's got a brand new album called Sound Vagabond. Um, it's actually coming out February 23rd. So you're just going to get the first three singles right now. But that's that's enough to get you well and satiated or uh, until the album comes out. That's the first of the three singles. It's called Midnight Milan. Check out more music by Eric Hilton. And big thanks to Clarion Call Records for uh, sending me that one. That's awesome. That's, uh, uh, I mean, they're always good, these middle of the show songs. So, there, well, thank you. you. Even that cool techno thing yesterday, which I, (laughs) yeah, I love that. Great. Yeah, I loved it. That was really good. I try to mix it up. I like have, you know, here's something that's a little bit more pop, but here's something that's like, uh, more, more industrial or EDM and this trip hop stuff. Yeah. Um, Like to mix things up, baby. Uh, all right, check, check this out. Oh, hi. I'll explain the situation to Wendy. Don't worry. Hi, it's Wendy, everyone. Look who it is. It's Wendy, uh, who never likes to come into the show and not be acknowledged right away. She has to say yeah, hi. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Hello. She I've always- got things to do, people to see, people to help. It's all right. Come it's, on. it's what we get. Yeah, hey, fine. we got a question to ask you before we get into this thing today. Um, it came up earlier about kind of our childhood roles and when... When maybe you thought you were going to be well geared to be a, uh, to specialize in what you do now? Yeah. When did you know that you were good at this whole that, that you wanted to go into this whole therapy thing? Yeah. When was that? Oh. If you had All to right. guess, if you had to guess, because I I feel like it happens when you're younger and you were the you were always the one that was like not a peacemaker, but you were pragmatic in a way that nobody else seemed to be. So if we were in a long hot drive to um, Lake Powell and Tara's being a nightmare and dad's cranky and mom's irritated and every blah blah blah. Wendy always seemed to be the pragmatic one about well now here's what we have to do before we can get there and even when you were young I felt like that. So I could be I could be applying just my own memory to this and that's where I why I think you ended up where you ended up but maybe maybe there is an official answer. So what is it? Oh that that's interesting. Uh it's actually something I grapple with a little bit because I, I find it really fascinating how people do the jobs they do. Cause there's usually, I don't know, some fun psychological tie to it. And that's not always the case, but like, you know, someone's deep need for uh, stability is going to probably be drawn to something that has seemed stable and they stay there, whether they like it or not, you know, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, so I find it really fascinating. And I've had, I mean, I've met some of the 
weirdest people I know are therapists. <laughs> so sometimes I'm like, oh no, am I unaware of why I do this? Um, so I have, I grapple with a little bit, but to be honest, there, this story is actually pretty dumb. Um, I have, I, I just remember like, I just always really liked school and it was fun. And I liked it. And I like people, those two fundamental things probably helped in this regard. But I, when I was in college, I did political science cause I love that. And then I ended up choosing psychology cause it was fast yeah. and I was poor. So I wanted to be done fast. Yeah. Um, and then like, I liked it. I mean, I wouldn't say I had the best classes it wasn't like I met any professor and I was like this is it but I finished and I graduated and remember that family friend of ours Scott Michelle Dare oh yeah yeah she was great she was like my basketball coach kind of like a mentor before I knew people had mentors um she was awesome and she worked at the University of Utah in the Social Research Institute and she Mm -hmm. had a PhD in social work and she hired me to do these interviews so I would go around to people's houses and interview them for this is this is this is wonky and going back in the day, but I don't know if you remember the TANF block grants that Clinton passed in the '90s. Um, essentially, basically kicking people off uh, welfare if they didn't if they weren't engaged in um, job seeking activities. Mm. Um, the overall success of that program is very questionable. Um, but at the time, I was looking at what made people resilient, and then kind of also diagnosing some depression, like. Hey, you're being forced to work and search for work for three to four months before, or then suddenly you're without benefits. Anyway, I'm going too into the weeds, but (laughs) I'm in these people's houses. I'm doing all these interviews and like loving it. It's really interesting. And then I got to know all these people at, um, at the U and she's like, why don't you do grad school? And I was like, yeah, I guess I will. (laughs) And then you did. (laughs) And I did. And I really, the whole time in grad school, I was planning on doing policy and just kind of poverty issues and sort of, I was interested in all that stuff. And then all of my uh, training was like clinical, like my practicals were clinical. And I was like, "Uh, well, I guess I'm okay at this. And then suddenly this is my life. (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. I was, I was, yeah. part of me thought I was a little nervous you were going to say, well, there was this, uh, here's where it started. There was this time my brother <laughs> chased me through the house yeah. with a hot iron, uh, soldering iron. I thought well, it was hot. Well, that maybe was related. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's good to hear. No, that's interesting because I don't think I've ever really talked to you about that before. So that's oh. a fun Well, and little... I think dad, dad was always so intrigued by people. Like he was spent a lot of time really talking to people and liked them. And uh, I, I always felt like, uh, I, I have a little of that. Like, I just think people are great and mm-hmm. are interesting. And so it kind of came together. But then there are days where I'm like, I, did I even sign up for this? <laughs> like, you know, it's probably like anything, right? You just have those days. I get that. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, we're like, glad you did what you did because now you you're now you're here doing it. But um, that's right. Yeah. I, it's so funny because like personality wise, sense of humor wise and a lot of other ways, Wendy and I are like almost identical in some ways. But there's this one part of us that is so different, and it's her analytical thing versus my arty farty thing, right? <laughs> and it's weird because it's the one thing like we'll laugh at the same stupid jokes. Uh, you'll say things on this show that people are like, "Oh my gosh, that man's well woman Scott who said that." Like that happens all the time. But there's that one. There's that one weird bit. That separates us and, you know, and we're surrounded by Koreans our whole lives. You know, we're the only real blood siblings. Well, my brother's a half half blood sibling, but Wendy and I are the only full blood siblings. 
And, you know, we, we have a very, really interesting cultural milieu that we grew up in. So it always felt like, oh, yeah, it's normal and natural that Wendy and Scott are kind of on the same page all the time. They're kind of the same person in a lot of ways. But I hated school. You loved school. Um, you, you, find, you find hard people interesting. They drive me crazy. <laughs> like there's like this there's these one these one or two little areas and I think it's the big that's where we separated or that's where we not separated but that's where we be, you know it became yeah. clear that we were we were going to have very different uh right uh endpoints to our lives so and then to satisfy the uni- the universe or the the gods that with all their sense of humor I have to raise you yeah in my child <laughs> yeah let yeah, me just right. So we have a term for it. It's called a Pete NATO. So what what is Pete what is Pete currently doing? And you guys, this is what he's currently doing. He okay. has a class where he his assignment is to program um, a choose your own adventure game. Which, oh by gosh. the way, oh. how is that school? <laughs> but I know, anyway, right? kidding me? That is teaching a skill that's like I know being able to go into programming. Wish my school would have. Uh, that's I think that's that. your point, right? That's your whole pretty point. amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so, gotcha. Okay. It's like giving. I don't know, giving a tool to a scary person. Anyway, okay, so he's going to make, <laughs> so he says, uh, he's like, at just dinner, we're like, oh, yeah, what are you excited about? And he's like, oh, yeah, for this class, I got a program, a choose-your-own-adventure, pretty basic, and then he uses a bunch of words I've never heard. And then he says, yeah, uh, you know the trolley problem? And I'm like, what? Oh, wow. He goes, wow. yeah, I'm, my choose-your-own-adventure is the trolley problem. I'm like, oh, you're that's hilarious. Build a game where someone chooses to run over one person or chooses to run over five people yeah. right. and kill them. Wow. And he goes, right. He's like, yeah. And he goes, and I got like 10 scenarios. And we, we had to convince him to make it like trolley gummy worms and that you run over <laughs> oh, gummy worms. Hilarious. Because okay. <laughs> he's really like, funny. I was like, first of all, <laughs> you can't. This is too gory. He's yeah. like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to. <laughs> anyway, it was just very funny. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so, what, you, what happens when you get to the page? Oh, if you chose to run over one person, one one gummy worm, go to page three ninety two yeah. or whatever it is in the in the video game. Yeah, uh, yeah you ran over it. Uh, congratulations, you you know you, you yeah. made that choice. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so it's that disturbing. happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sorry. And and also, I should I'd give you a picture of his room. He'd kill me though. But his room, Scott, probably looks like your room. Yeah. <laughs> if if uh, someone didn't come and clean it for you, I mean it's. <laughs> So it's fun. But oh, I yeah, had the I worst. I, mean, I had the worst rooms growing up. This is totally true. What you're saying. Oh my gosh. I know. All right, and you're raising is... her. I got to. Right. You know what? In a lot of ways, I raised you with Taylor. She's just like you in tons of ways. So, See? so yeah. we're just switching off. It's fine. Yeah. I know. You know. It's not weird though. That whole thing is. It is weird. It's so weird. Yeah. But it's good, and it's good. It's yeah. good. But I think Scott. I think school was is a structure that just doesn't work for your brain. Yeah. And. I think for me, school was just like a place to meet people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was really fun that way. And then, you know, like I could just figure out what teachers wanted and give it to them. You know, like that wasn't hard for me where you, I think, were like. Yeah. And you were the one I'm that, you know, you were reading, reading whole books out loud in your room and, you know, just always studying and always like, oh, homework done, already done. And then you'd be out <laughs> goofing off with your friends or whatever. And I would be like, I don't want to do it. And I'd spend days trying to talk myself yeah, out of doing it. you spend more time lamenting it and avoiding it than just doing it. Yeah, I should have yeah. just done it. That's my, basically, that's what my mom would say. And I used to hate that. Yeah. But that's exactly true. 
So anyway, well, that's a fun look under the under the hood, everybody. Of yeah. under how the this hood. all works, and it actually relates to what we're going to talk. Oh, about Oh, it does, today. does it? Oh, Interesting. Good. A little bit, a little bit. All right. Well, I'm going to read it. This is something Wendy got. This is in, in relation to the uh, whole my shadow thing we talked about not long ago, and uh, it is from somebody we'll call self sabotaging S. Or no, we can say it because it's not the real name because I said it in parentheses. Self-sabotaging Susan. It's not not the okay. person's real name. Dear Wendy, I've been struggling with recurring patterns of self-sabotage in my romantic relationships. Uh, despite genuinely desiring connection and intimacy, I find myself pushing partners away after a while and creating unnecessary conflicts to facilitate our demise. That is a dark sentence. Mm. It's as if there's a self-destructive force at play and I'm left bewildered by my own actions. You talked about the shadow on a recent show. I'm wondering if that is what I'm experiencing. How might the aspects of, quote, my shadow, unquote, be influencing these destructive patterns? And is there a way to navigate through this to create healthier connections? I'm eager to understand how exploring and addressing my shadow might offer insights into breaking this cycle and fostering more meaningful relationships. Help and thank you, says self-sabotaging Susan. Hmm. Uh all right. I bet a lot of people can relate to this one. I can, I can uh, early in my life anyway. Oh, really? Oh, You're, I'm the, I'm uh, the big idiot. Relationships? I'm the biggest idiot in the world. I, I, we were engaged. We had, we were two, three months away from the wedding. Oh, right. right. And I called Kim and said, I don't know if I'm ready for this. It's just cold feet. But I was just like, I don't know if I yeah. can do it. I was, I had all these plans. I had the stuff I wanted to do. And I don't know if I can do it. And she said, fine, <laughs> and hung up on me. And I realized then that she, I had to get her back. I was like, what I, I love what that I that that was her reaction because if she had, if she had kind of fought back and said, no, no, you got to go through with this, pushing back on you might have like pushed you the wrong direction, pushed you away further, as opposed yeah. to like, oh crap, she's gone. No, this ain't right. Oh, turn around, undo. Hundred percent. She would have been. She would have if she would have broken down and cried or something. It would have had the wrong. It would have an effect on me where I would have used that as justification. As right, but right. instead oh, I went, I "Oh my gosh, good! I got out when I did." Yeah, yeah, and for me it was like, "Nope, this is a strong. This is the person. This is a personality you need in your life. Why are you pushing mm-hmm. this person away?" And I immediately yeah. regretted it. And she even went on another date just to piss me off. <laughs> and then it all worked out in the end. But but yeah, uh-huh. like that, that was the moment I knew she was the one I had to marry was when I tried to get out of it. It was funny uh, that you have to do that sometimes. But anyway, yeah, uh, awesome. I'm sure people in our audience can relate to this this sort of feeling, though, feeling like maybe you're the one self-sabotaging everything. Maybe, maybe they are, maybe they're not. So, Wendy, what do you want to do with Susan and yeah. anyone else? Well, first of all, Susan, thank you for giving me my much dreamed about shadow email. I've been just cool. waiting for someone um, because it's a it's a really fun topic, as, which I'll get into in a second. But I just want to start with the the established pattern of it. So when you Scott, your story is great and interesting and a one off, yeah. <laughs> meaning uh, you haven't then gone through and and married 20 times and, you know, continue to destroy your relationships right. without knowing why. Right. right. Um, so we all make mistakes and we're all learning, you know, you you kind of navigate adolescence and, and early adulthood with like, how does this whole relationship thing work? And usually it's not till you're a little older. Susan didn't say how old they are, but, um, you know, usually there's enough like baggage and <laughs> bodies strewn that you're like, I have a pattern. I have a, a, a self-sabotaging and and there's maybe not the details, but I'm going to fill in some. So maybe they fit, maybe they don't. But this might resonate with people. Um, sometimes when things are going really well, um, that's your biggest 
clue that you're a self-sabotager is if something is actually going well and you just cannot handle the happiness, mm. um, the, it working out or things feeling good. There's something going on there that just doesn't, um, you have to blow it up. Right. Um, a great example, I was talking to a client earlier just about their relationship with their, their mother. And as the client is getting healthier and, and detangling themselves from this relationship, um, and the toxic stuff that goes on between her and her mother, she's able to see what's happening, which is this idea of, oh, if I don't engage in the fight, my mom does not know what to do. And so she has to get yeah. bigger and louder or, hey, we had a really good day. And at the end of the day, she has to drop a bomb to ruin what happened. And when you can have enough space to back up and see it, someone else self-sabotaging, you're like, oh, that makes sense. When it's ourselves, it's a little harder because we're just in our feelings. We're just in our experience. And like, yeah, I don't know if this person's good for me. And you maybe you're talking yourself out of the healthiest relationship you've ever had or you are constantly seeking dysfunctional relationships and can't figure out why. Right. Um, those are self-sabotaging as well. Often this can happen at work. Um, you know, you, you sort of just blow a presentation that's supposed to be the chance for you to advance or, you know, you can find lots of ways of where we just, you know, sort of drop the ball or break something up when it, it might've been better for us to do that. Okay, right. so let's get into how do you understand this? Um, first of all, it really helps to have someone outside of you because it is hard to do this internally. But if you just got you, maybe talk in the mirror. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through just a little bit of what the shadow is and what Carl Jung is about and, you know, kind of give you a, a foundation to that and then talk about how you actually do a little shadow work. Um, that's what that's what we call it. So essentially, Carl Jung is a contemporary of Freud. He's a little younger than him. He died after him. I think he died in 1961. And Freud died in, I forget, 50s, 30s. Yeah, 50s, 50s, right? 58, something like that. Oh, there's a new Um, movie about that. Uh, um, uh, Hannibal Lecter, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Anthony Hopkins is Freud's, and it's it's Freud's last session, and he did it with C.S. Lewis. There's a whole, people are raving about this thing. Yeah, I'm very excited. Anyway. Very cool. Okay, so he did die in 1939. So he- he, Oh, 30s, geez. Okay. Yeah, so he died in 39. Born in 56, whereas Jung was born in 75 and died in 61. So Mm. he he was passing a little bit. Um, uh, Both uh, Austrian, Swiss area, Um, a lot of- well, the birth of this comes from that region. Good job, everybody. Um, anyway, and so he made huge contributions. I would argue he's, you know, he's he's one of the the big three um, in that era. And so really groundbreaking, cool stuff. And he he made some switches from what Freud kind of focused on. And we like to joke about what Freud was all about, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there there's some some fun differences. Um, and really, Jung kind of brought in more the idea of collective unconsciousness. So we we get the ideas. Freud kind of brought about some of that personal in, unconscious, your id, your ego, that kind of stuff, right? Whereas Jung was a little bigger, like, ooh, there's these big things we all experience. And that's like sometimes when we're on, on the show here, we talk about a topic and everyone's like, oh, it resonates, right? I mean, mm-hmm. how does it resonate with every one of us? Well, it's because it has some universal experience or archetype going on. So he talks, Jung talked a lot about archetypes 
So, and I've mentioned this on the show before, we have like the archetype of, type of the perfect mother or the perfect father or the archetype of, you know, what love is supposed to be. It's this idea and anything we get less than that ideal um, feels like loss, right? Like a template kind of thing that you're yeah. always trying to achieve. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And somehow we all share it without having talked about it, <laughs> which is, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and so his, his work on the unconscious is really about potential for growth and creativity. And so there's some cool um, things about that. Like, especially um, when you're in a really dark place or moods are not, you don't feel awesome. And sometimes you can be more creative in some of that space. So these are early days of him sort of talking about, um, creativity and some of these dark parts of us. Um, and it's like an untapped potential, right? You kind of saw this in this very positive way, which is really cool. Um, whereas Freud was just like, you're repressed, (laughs) you know, look at me. I'm now making fun of Freud. Okay. Um, so, (laughs) but, uh, and then this idea of, of repression, Jung really saw that as it was a defense mechanism and it keeps us from seeing parts of our psyche that we are just not ready to see. And I would, I would argue from my experience with people, this is so real, that our brain has this incredible function to just hide something we can't handle from us until we can handle it. So my favorite thing in therapy is when somebody's like um, some dark shadow parts show up and they can see it. And, you know, I'm with them and we work through it and they're okay. But I know, I already know it's safe enough to be there because their brain let them have it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's really, really fun to witness. Um, is that, is that, and, I mean, you know, I hear about repressed feelings or thoughts or experiences. Somebody went through some trauma and then blocked it out entirely. Yeah. That is literally your brain saying, you can't handle this right now. So no, my, you can't see this. to protect yeah. you, well, we're going to hide this back here. Yeah. Some people so think often, it's, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say a lot of people think it's crap. They think people are lying or faking it or, or whatever, but that is a real physiological thing, right? Blocking yes. out things. And here's what yeah. I love. I would love to know why someone would think that's crap. And mm. it's probably because they, a, uh, one of two things, one, they've just never experienced it. So it's just like, I don't believe things I haven't experienced, <laughs> yeah. which is a weird. Yeah. The second being uh, that's, that's really feels out of control, like scary to you to think, Hey, that, that and people think everyone else is attention seeking when really for them that that's actually what they think they think if they did something like that would be attention seeking right Mm -hmm. so it's it actually says more about them right or like i'd just be interested like whoa how can you not imagine this happening um and when i see it in real life like all the time it is it's really fascinating so you know when someone has something dawn on them in front of you right you know that feeling Mm -hmm. like oh that's Mm -hmm. right they kind of yeah. light up and there's just like an, uh, a facial experience that they have. It's like that times 20 where they're just like, <laughs> like, because it's like the door opens and their brain goes, yeah, this thing happened. Right. Or the, and it's often, and let's be clear. We're not talking about, um, there is some suppression of memory and it's fate fuzzy or some different things. And you don't quite know, um, that you you can mess around and make some guesses. This is a different sort of principle that's actually occurring. It's like it's like two wires cross that have not been allowed to cross, and there's it's mechanical. I can't describe it any other way. 
Um, and so, yeah, you can fish around and try to make up a story about a vague memory. That's like a different thing. Maybe people are thinking it is. This really is something quite different. And so Jung saw that as potential and this like amazing way the brain is managing um, sort of either, well, buck ahead. Freud just saw it as like, <laughs> oh, it's just managing trauma. It's managing bad experiences, right? Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. you know, on some extent is true. Um, but Jung had this very much like when they're ready and they can integrate it, they are going to grow in leaps and bounds. Like it's a growth model, which I really like. Um, by, the, by the way, can I just point out that that is one of our similarities. When you couldn't remember uh, Freud's name at first, <laughs> you 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 went ahead and and landed yeah. on Buckethead. I do right, that right. with everything I can't think yeah. of, and I love it. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Do you also say Buckethead, the exact word. Oh, I say Buckethead all the time. Sometimes oh, it's okay. uh, uh, <laughs> something mix something. Uh, I just make yeah. it up. Right, right. Just make it up on the fly. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. I don't even hear myself say Buckethead ever, and so sometimes people are like, "Oh, you just said Buckethead." When I'm like talking about someone, we should be nice about it. You know. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, psychoanalyze that. Okay. Uh, all right. The other last, just a couple of things really quick. Um, he, the, the concept of I- instinct, Freud was very much like everything is sexual, uh, sexual or aggressive instincts. Those are our primary drivers, right? Yeah. He really reduced us all to, to those things. Whereas Jung, really, it's beyond that to the archetypes, the shadow, yeah. Um, and just broader human stuff. So it just it's just growth, right? You got you Freud, and then Jung came along and made it better. Um, anyway, and then my favorite part about his stuff is just about how it's a developmental concept of individuating as a person, and, and it's a lifelong thing to be your true and unique self. Right. So just always growth oriented, right? Like, but this shadow work is really crucial to that. So think about somebody, could be yourself, could be someone else, who just feels like they are not growing up. <laughs> like it drives you crazy. You're like, you are 45. How have you not? Why are you throwing a fit like you're a teenager? Or some some version of like seeming developmentally stuck. Right. I'm assuming you guys know people like this. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's mm-hmm. we're, and you're not talking about, hey, I can't believe at age 45, you still like the Power Rangers. It's not like that. <laughs> you're saying like they act like they, they act like petulant 17 year olds or act like junior right. high kids or, you know, uh, right. on an emotional level. It just doesn't level seem to be the maturing. Like, who's the adult in this story? You yeah. should be, but you're not. It can kind of just feel like that. Or they're creating problems that you're like, what? there is no need to respond this way. Just find that, you know, a, a petulant 17 year old would act exactly like that. And mm-hmm. you, so it's a little confusing, right? So those, that kind of stuff is, you know, that's maybe the most frequent version you'll see walking around. Then you have the, I keep marrying the wrong men and keep ending up in these same terrible circumstances, or I um, cannot keep the job that I is my dream job. What keeps happening here? What is happening? Right. So that's more of the the average person's experience with sort of these underlying things going on for them, the unconscious or what we, we're going to call the shadow. Okay. So I, let me just tell you real quick what the shadow is. Okay. When you okay. when I say the shadow or shadow work, first of all, what do you guys picture? <laughs> well, last I picture time. physical actual shadow. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, same. Yeah. I say the one, the thing on the wall behind me, because the sun shines shining that way. That's what I think of. Yeah. Okay. So, and if you think about that, you can see your shadow if you look at it. 
Mm-hmm. But if you are looking other directions, the light is in a particular place and then the shadow is behind you, you don't really pay attention to it. You don't sure. see it, right? Yeah. Um, and like the kid, like a kid and their shadow is the kind of energy you want to bring to actual shadow work, which is really curious. Like, yeah. what is this? Can I step on mm. this? Ooh, it's tucked in my foot or, you know, whatever. Right. Just <laughs> paying attention to it. Right. So Carl's theory, Carl, I'm calling him Carl now. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Jung. Yeah, Carl. Sure, Carl. Jung's theory um, uh, is basically that the, the shadow represents the unconscious and re- repressed aspects of our personality. So each person's stuff, right? So these elements are often inconsistent with that person's self-image, right? And so, for example, I think I'm a good person, okay? So it's usually not consistent with that. (laughs) Um, And it may include qualities, desires, emotions that are considered socially unacceptable, morally objectionable, or personally, like, blah, right? Like, that's the, it's the dark stuff. Um, And so... That, and they stay usually shadowed or closeted or, you know, denied. So repressed. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Repressed mm-hmm. because you can't, it, it, there's no way to integrate that you who you need to be a good person and everyone respects, but you've got this dark side to you that no one gets to see. So you hide it, you deny it. Right. And in that state, man, it's where people make a lot of dumb choices and behave in ways that don't make a lot of sense. Um, because that effort to keep the shadow as a shadow, you know, messes with things. Um, so often I think about, and maybe we've talked about this on the show before, I know we have, but people whose like public persona is like terribly inextricably connected with their shadow stuff. And then we all see it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was the lady who started Mothers Against Drunk Driving and then eventually worked, became a board member of Budweiser. And you're like, what? what? <laughs> I didn't know or that. The, wow. Yeah. Or the girl who uh, started the teen abstinence program around the country was like the face of it, got pregnant at 16. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like that. Like, like doth, thou, thou doth protest too much. Yeah. It's yeah. a favorite of Scott's. The thou yeah. Thou one of my favorite, one of my most hated things about people when I, yeah. if, and I, Wendy, this is probably a bad thing and maybe one day we'll talk about it. But my automatic assumption when somebody is over talking about a thing that they're really mm-hmm. into, and I don't mm-hmm. mean, things they like i mean things they tell other people they should do or how they should live yeah yeah i never trust it as soon as i hear like a i don't know a preacher going gays and drugs they're the worst things i am like yeah i know what you're up to on the weekend yeah i can't wait until we get the news story of finding you in a in a hotel room with a uh male prostitute and uh covered with cocaine yeah covered with a bag of weed in your back pocket and four pounds of freaking meth like i it always happens or not always happens a lot and i Mm -hmm. hate it so, right, yeah. and that's when you get caught, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Often right. it is it is maybe more um, subtle than that, or right, insidious than that, and it comes out in lots of different ways. Yeah, totally. That's that's a, a perfect example of the shadow allowing not exploring the shadow, not understanding, and not doing any of that work means it it comes out sideways and poisons things. It just right. does. Right. Right. Um, and you have to, your public persona has to double down to manage the darkness of that shadow. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's shame. It's shame management. It's embarrassment management. It's self-loathing management. Right. So you're all this energy to, to manage this shadow. And I'm going to tell you, there's a 
really simple answer, and that is to work with your shadow. <laughs> now, I say simple, but really hard, right? Because that means really looking at stuff. And, you know, most of us are built to not do that. Literally, our brain teaches us, I mean, has a chemical, biological underlying mechanism that locks us out of that stuff we can't handle, right? So, so it's a matter of like even even acknowledging your shadow exists, which mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of people I mean, don't do. Number yeah. one, right? Yeah. Like number one. It's like, and it's, when I don't have you met anyone who has said, "Oh, I'm doing shadow work." Like, has this ever been in the conversation? You not that I can think of. Like mm-hmm. shadow, I've, yeah. I've heard of shadow boxing. I've heard of uh, shadow puppetry. <laughs> <laughs> But right. other than that, all the things you've heard. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard anybody go, oh, today's the damn wrestling with my shadow. Doing some shadow. Yeah. yeah I'm working on my work. shadow. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're hidden on a, on a, a bus in a middle school, um, field trip. Cause I'm telling you right now, Adam was on a bus with all these parents chaperoning <laughs> and he uh, looks over and the guy's got a book by Adler, who is the, the third, uh, big wig of the. 19th century um, um, in psychology. And Adam's like, oh, what do you read, Mel? He's like, oh, well, I've been thinking about the shadow. <laughs> it was amazing. This guy's like a real estate agent. I, and Adam's like, okay. I was not expecting this conversation. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm telling you, there are people working on their shadow, but maybe aren't saying it out loud. Okay. So the idea though, and this is this is what the work would kind of look like, right? You mm-hmm. You essentially, so a therapist, Jungian therapists specifically, their job is to to do shadow work, help an individual explore and integrate these hidden aspects into their lives. And that fosters self-awareness. They can then develop and grow. There's, there's not that stuckness anymore. And so by embracing the shadow, they basically can have a more balanced, authentic personality. It's actually the crappy parts about people's personality are often... Now I'm making this more holistic. There's other factors here, but often can be this dynamic, right? Someone who is bragging right. and you're just like, they're the most annoying person because they're <laughs> always bragging. Yeah. Is that a born in trait? No, that is a response to something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Either a defense of their shadow or, or uh, basically them, them going the other direction doubling down in the other direction from something. Yeah. Right. Or, or your childhood experience that makes you really self-conscious and uncomfortable in this situation. And so you need people to like you. And so you do the thing that makes Defensive no one like criticism you. or things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Totally. Okay. So that's the idea of why you would work with your shadow. Right. And so if anyone's in therapy, who's listening, just ask your therapist to do a little shadow work with you. <laughs> uh, you probably really should get a union psychologist to help you, but, um, most people are familiar with kind of this idea, right? Um, and so it's, it's so Brian, you were saying the existence of it at its very core is mm-hmm. is a big deal for some people to even realize, right? Mm-hmm. And to recognize yeah. how it's formed can be helpful, which is usually your experience being socialized and your own personal experience. So where you grew up, who you grew up around, you know, all of that background information really plays a part in what is going on with your shadow. Um, I have this great client who has some scrupulosity and he's so fun to work with because he, he grew up in a home with zero like religious trauma, not like essentially lots of, lots of space to just do whatever he wanted. And then he has this scrupulosity and we like to joke that he was raised, you know, as an altar boy, (laughs) like he has that deep, deep, his, his shadow 
is always just trying to keep him from um, trying to look at his shadow. It means it blocks it from seeing anything in there that's dark. And so your socialization could look like, oh, this makes sense. I, I was the son of a preacher, so this is why I'm hiding all of my porn or whatever yeah. it might be, right? Or not at all. It could be something completely different. But that socialization plus your own experiences kind of and your natural processes will create whatever your shadow is, right? Yeah. Um, and so real quick, the shadow is not all negative. I should also mention sometimes it's got negative and positive aspects. Um Usually we're focused on the undesirable stuff, but it can also have hidden talents, desires, positive potential, right? Can you use it as a example of that? Yeah. What's a good example of that? That's a great question. Me and my artistic ability, Mm. right? Mm. I don't have a lot of shame about it because like, I don't, I I don't identify with it very much, but honestly, like, like I really like sketching and I do it every day and I think I'm terrible. And then, Sometimes my kids find it and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Who did this? I'm like, ah, not me. (laughs) Yeah, everyone, almost everyone I know who thinks they're a terrible artist has something in them that they just, they just think is terrible, but is fine, is good. Exactly, exactly. And so maybe we keep that hidden or, you know, I just told all of you, Um, but like, it's out now. (laughs) Now, what if Scott, you were just like, well, I'm secretly a therapist and you're like, but I I have no way to say that. Yeah. Right. It'd be weird. It would be weird. (laughs) So, but for it to be a positive thing, you've got to be well more aware of it. Nobody's got like a, a, a shadow that they're repressing that is a positive it's I mean, more like you consciously hide it if you're not necessarily, not necessarily. Really? It, it could be, it could be somewhat conscious, but it could also just be avoidant. Like, um, I don't know. You know, I think oh. they kind of are drawn to some stories of people who are like their talents are discovered accidentally. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to sing. No, don't make me sing. And, and then, then they turn amazing. out to be Karen Boyle or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what it yeah. turns, right. you know what it is for me? It's like, uh, maybe this is a good example. Maybe it isn't. So you have to tell me, but, Growing up, we had some moments of real financial trouble uh, yeah. in in the family. My dad lost his business. We had to sell the boat, the motorhome, the house got taken. Um, we had to go on a, a, a sort of a local form of welfare for a while. It was like mm-hmm. rough, and we were in. I was in yeah. high school. I was fifteen or something, fourteen, yeah. and um, it was hard, especially because we were in this very, I say affluent, but you know, it was a nice neighborhood big houses, everybody's successful, whatever. And then all of that gets torn away. You get to kind of see who your real friends are, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I remember, you know, the way I've told the story on the show before, but we, you know, we had somebody in a, in a religious capacity say to my dad, well, this is all happening because there's something about your life. You're not living right or something. And I heard that story and it never left me to this day. That mm-hmm. is like a burning hot example of mm-hmm. terrible behavior. It's also came from the same guy that lost his business a year later and committed suicide. So there's a whole story there, but anyway, oh wow. um, another doth protest too much moment, but uh, those things were, were so, those were so like bright, brightly lit moments in my life that it's a shadow in a negative way, but it's mm-hmm. very motivating. And it's why I never ask anyone for help. It's why I, I think it, I think it spawned independence. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe to a detriment in some ways. Uh, I don't like to ask for help ever, and there are times where I need it and and won't mm-hmm. won't acknowledge it or won't accept it. And it's it, with simple stuff. If we move house, we've which we've done a few times in our marriage, we don't tell anyone usually, and we just move. <laughs> 
we 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 pack it ourselves, we load it ourselves, and then sometimes Ooh. someone will muscle their way in there, and then I feel guilty that they're helping, but I don't ask for it. And some people have no problem going, hey, help me move this pee mattress on a Saturday morning. <laughs> I can't do it, right? I just can't do it. And I don't know. I think it came from that because I never, ever want to be on anyone's charity. You know, like, right, right. I hate yeah. the idea. So in some ways, that's been a real positive thing in my life because it's spawned a lot of independence and me going, I can do this and I can do it without anyone's help. And I will do it without anyone's help. You know, there's, there, there's that positive aspect to it. But there are negatives to it where, you know, when help is needed. You, you overwork yourself because you yeah. won't accept help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that happens and that's, and I'm usually left going, well, crap, how, why did this happen? And I realized, well, it's because you don't, you won't let anyone help. And, mm-hmm. and so it's got both, both sides, but is that what you're talking about? Is that kind of, you know, it's a, it's a thing that can be positive in some ways and in other ways it's a detriment. Yeah. Yes. And it, but think about it as more like, um, you know, this about yourself. Yeah. It's not in your shadow in the same way. That's true. Something like, so for example, if you refused help at every turn and your life kept falling apart because of it, and it wasn't until you stopped and went, I got to get some help. Something is wrong. Why can't, why do I keep doing this? And then you got to know the, the shadow, which came from some trauma and then is in there is hidden pride is, uh, I, I never want to feel that vulnerable again or whatever those things are. Then you, then you're looking, you're looking at it. Right. Yeah. And in there, maybe you can loosen it up and ask for some help and then find that your life is better balanced and your, your community is stronger. And, you know, so the potential for the good is definitely in there. And that's, that's kind of the idea, but the, the unconscious or unknown of it is like the email said, it's like, what's going on? Every relationship, I keep doing this. And so that's usually when you're like, all right, what is in this oh, yeah, good, suitcase I'm dragging behind me? That's right? a good point, sure. Well, and here's here's another couple other just things about it that might add to your understanding of it. But like, so projection, we we all know this idea of where someone is projecting their own unconscious stuff onto someone else, right? Um, let's think of a classic example. Um, <laughs> Well, projection is one of my favorite things too. It is, it <laughs> yeah. is, and there's always right, so right. many. Like that, that basically the idea is that the qualities present in that person's shadow yeah. then get it attributed to some other group or individual. Kind of like the preacher preaching this and then really doing that stuff on the weekend, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it would be projecting my shadow. So I am not fully aware of it. I mean, do you think that girl who started the abstinence only program was like? You know what I want to do? I want this to end in flames. Yeah. It's right, not conscious. Right. right, right? right. Um, but that is that that massive energy to maybe demonize a group or an individual is often because of your own stuff. So you can feel the exact opposite of this. Like find it, think of a group and you just don't have any feelings about the stuff. Like it's just really neutral for you. You can kind of have compassion, like, oh, that's that's hard for them. Right. Or I bet that's tough to da, 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 da. and you're just like that's that's the opposite of it's your shadow. That's like oh I don't have shadow bits in me that need to hate on that group or need to um, Rail do whatever mm-hmm. right right whatever those things might be. And then when you do have vibes, you're like oh there must be something in there for me right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where just being curious and interested in your own stuff is just so helpful, right? Because what is actually in there? So if you have a bigger reaction than you think you should, that is an example of, huh, there might be some shadow going on, right? Mm, yeah. 
Okay. So then <clears throat> kind of to summarize, integration is his big goal here in the end is that you recognize and accept these hidden parts of you without judgment. Like you start to bring them, bring them into your awareness and integrate them into your sense of self and concept, right? So take someone who, I mean, like sexuality is like the biggest place this is probably is. And I, I do find something really fascinating as gender is definitely more fluid and people's understandings has really changed over time. Folks who really just do not, and this doesn't mean this is everyone, so don't get your panties in a wad. <laughs> Which are my initials? Again, name way. name another therapist <laughs> who will say, don't get your panties in a wad. And I'm telling you, these are the similarities between Wendy and I. Anyway, oh, keep going. The, yeah, I shouldn't be allowed to be on Bucket with my head. voice here. But anyway, um, the point is that if, if someone is really struggling with this new concept of gender, someone's trying to explain to them or their own experience, and you just cannot like you are furious like how dare you think you can just pick whatever you want and say that's what you are and blah 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 and that kind of energy if your energy around that's real real high now that's not i need to learn i don't quite understand this doesn't make any sense to me when i was a kid you know there's a there's a regular version of that and that's understandable but the irate furious version um is a good example of Okay, so my question would be something like, what is it you've never been allowed to say that you care about that is really private to you? Very maybe it's part of the shadow, right? Yeah. That you don't you don't get to just express yourself the way you want to. You were never allowed, no one would love you. Like you it would not be safe to even be yourself, let alone say, my pronouns are they. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there mm. would that would never exist for you. Mm. And so it is really painful. And this is that projection thing. Uh, it's really painful to see somebody do a thing you could never do. Yeah. But you don't have the awareness because it's in the shadow. And so you move things as you do this integration work and you understand this. The growth that comes from this, that's what's so cool about it ultimately is you can bring this raging response to things down to um, a regular level and or that your that self love and like acceptance of your own stuff is incredibly empowering to let other people have their stuff. Is that right? is that something like when people hear that um, their friend was part of the debt debt forgiveness program for college debt relief, yeah. and they weren't, and yeah. there's that feeling of resentment? Why them, not me? I mean, is that part yeah. of this too? Just those basic yeah. kind of resentment. I mean, that would, that would kick it in for sure. Right. Yeah. Because your fear is your, all your stuff. Right. right. Um, and I'm, I don't, I want to, I see myself as a generous person or I see myself as a good person. And suddenly I have feelings that are so <laughs> vile towards someone who got de debt relief and I didn't. Mm -hmm. And that, that doesn't fit. It's the cognitive dissonance that gets created with how my, sort of false self and false self is not the integrated, fully understood whole person. The false self right. is I'm a, I'm a good dad and I play sports with my kids and I never get mad or whatever you're supposed to think you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it's when it runs into that and it'll run into, there's a, we could find a million ways that this could run into it. What I always tell people is like, when you get triggered this way, it can be so overwhelming. You don't know what to do. And so then you go on the internet and scream or you go avoid life by disappearing into some um, distraction mm. or 
you drink it or, or you just don't go into it because it feels too big and overwhelming, right? Um, but when you can start to pull stuff apart and, and get into the, the nitty gritty, it can turn into just more curiosity, like, whoa, why did I have that response? Mm -hmm. And then you have some skills then to go, wow, what is that really about for me? Um, and that's the, and this is where my personal life and my, my job really clash <laughs> because sometimes I'm like, I see it in real life and I just want to go, Hey, uh, are you curious at looking at that? You know, <laughs> people are like, listen, we're just at a grocery store. Who are you? Yeah, you know? yeah. But, but it feels like, Oh wow. It's so obvious. You can kind of see it in someone else, but am I good at this with myself? No. So let's all be clear. This isn't about anyone is enlightened and does this themselves. It's usually only people who've done this work. Yeah. <laughs> I promise they're not bragging about it in the same way. Right. That's why you don't hear about it. I promise you. But there are plenty of people really trying to do shadow work. Um, and then the last final thing I want to say is often it comes out in dreams. And this is dreams were such a big thing with that era and psychology, right? Like, what do they mean? And really getting yeah. into them. And I don't know the history of how dreams have been treated, you know, throughout time. But I'm sure it's it's they're weird, right? It's yeah. Yeah. weird. Oh, yeah. We yeah. lay yeah. down. We ascribe uh, usually something hours. your subconscious, but I don't know where Scott gets some of the yeah, stuff. Yeah, some of my dreams are pretty wacko. But I, but I mean, you know, back in the back in the old days, uh, let's say 1300s, I I may ascribe all sorts of things to my dreams, uh, su supernatural yeah. stuff, or we're all gonna die, or I had a visit from it's an a omen thing yes. today, or it's you know this yeah. God mm -hmm. talked to me tonight when really all I did was eat too much, you know. <laughs> beef right. before right. Not, dinner or whatever. Right. And sometimes it's as simple as like a random downloading of your brain in days events and it doesn't have a ton of meaning. But then sometimes they really are like this client who I was referring to earlier with her mom. Um, her dream was, she goes, oh, I'm going to tell you a dream, but don't you hate when people tell you dreams? I'm like, no, no, I love it when mm. they tell me dreams because it's often in it. But, you know, the dream was every time she went to speak, she, she couldn't like clear her throat. She couldn't, she had no mm. voice. Right. Mm. And you're like, wow, it's a little on the nose. Right. But it is, it's exactly what she's going through in her life of, yeah. I don't know how to actually be seen and use my voice in this relationship. And mm. so your, your dreams will give it to you. And so sometimes uh, your shadow stuff shows up there. So when you have a dream, that you're like, ooh, that is really disturbing. I can't believe I did that in my dream. Like, huh, is that any bits of my shadow? <laughs> so anyway, All just right. wanted to get in everyone's head before we end here. But, I like um, it. Yeah. yeah. So going back real quick to Susan. Yeah. So Susan, go get a union therapist and analyze your shadow. Um, because that self-sabotaging thing um, might be related to some personality lack of understanding of yourself. You keep having to have partners come fill in the gaps. And, you know, if you only know yourself in a relationship and then you keep destroying them, well, that's saying something, right? So mm -hmm. really, uh, I, I hate to give the advice of go to therapy because, you know, but that is, that's the kind of deeper work um, when people really engage in it, just find so much relief from having to live their life, sort of trying not to have the shadow um, or the stuff they don't, are ashamed of or you know, not even really knowing who they are affect their life. Cause we're like, Oh, we should be happy. And we should have this, the two point, 
two houses and a dog and a cat. I don't know what, whatever that is. 2.2 houses. And, and uh, five kids. Uh, what is it? Like? I meant to say picket fence and I came out 2.2 houses. I would 2. love. 2.2 picket fences. Yes. I would I love 2.2 houses. houses. Yeah, I'd uh, love that. Sure. That'd yeah. be great. Freaking. And, and a cat. And whatever it is for you, right? You think, if I just have that or whatever you were socialized to think would right. make you happy or, or socialized to who you're supposed to be. Hmm. I think I think the uh, I give you cre- so much credit for this, Scott, because you paved the way by being yourself. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and our parents just had to let you be yourself. Yeah. And our dad was someone who just needed to be himself, but was very little allowed to do that. And you were much more allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. And my little psycho twelve-year-old is allowed to do that because mm-hmm. there is nothing else you can do. You can try to shove someone into a box, mm-hmm. but it just makes the shadow bigger and sicker, right? And yeah. so, the you know, my mantra is let everyone just develop into who they are. It's it's not easy to do, especially when they trigger your stuff, right? Right. So, right. And if they're going to be a they're if they're growing into a serial killer, you know, you can do some things to maybe stop that. But yes, for the most part, uh, don't don't shove your twelve year old in a box. That's our lesson today. Yes, don't do it. Don't do it. Poke holes in it first if you if you do decide to do that. Oh yeah, they need to breathe. Yeah, and give a little food slot. You know, you can slide some food in. All that sort of thing. They get baloney. Baloney goes right through the. (laughs) You just curl it up. Curl it up right through the one of the breathing (laughs) holes. Perfect. There you go. I love it. Uh, Maybe that tells you too much about my childhood. Oh no, Uh, he's revealed his whole shadow, the entire length of it. Uh, all right. Well, this is good. Uh, Susan, we hope this helps. And uh, anyone else out there who's maybe dealing with similar things, look at your shadow. Do some shadow work. And uh, Wendy, between now and next week, I hope your shadow is nothing but a happy singing little happy shadow. <laughs> and uh, we'll okay. talk to you then. Bye now. All right. Bye. 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 Walking down the avenue. 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 Do do do. That's the shadow Me song, right? And my shadow. Dude, dude, I picture Steve Martin doing that. Why? Why? Um, it's certainly in his in his wheelhouse with his banjo stuff. Uh, uh, something about it. I don't it. know if he did it in Pennies from Heaven or. Uh, it might just be thinking of Pennies from Heaven. Yeah. Yeah, that's Either probably it. Ukulele in the Jerk, but he didn't do that one. No, on, no. On, in the Jerk. In the Jerk. <laughs> in the I haven't jerk. seen the Jerk in a long time. Uh, uh, so all right, he does he does that? Uh, Oh, what was the one? It's the uh, the one with great harmonies. Tonight you belong to me with uh, Bernadette Peters. Oh yeah, that's also really good. I I don't know what I'm thinking. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? Time Bandits. Time Bandits is correct. Good job, Genie. Yeah, he's not in it, but no, no, Steve Martin. Nothing there, to do with Steve Martin. The, so. Right, it's the uh, the little people doing the dance to distract while they rob everybody blind. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's get out of here. Quick note uh, again: Coverville today at noon. So, uh, mm-hmm. music lovers, you got something to watch at noon. If you're footloose vi- lovers, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If you're a footloose lover, be there. If you're a video game lover, then uh-huh. at the same time, Brian and I usually don't schedule things at the same time. We try not to anyway. But usually not. Yeah, this but, one's out of my hand, so I couldn't. Yeah, uh, exactly. You you kind of have to do this when it has to happen. Yeah, I don't choose. <laughs> I don't choose, unfortunately. But anyway, word on the street with Greg Street myself. And Shanty, the uh, their VP of IP, which is fun to say. Um, <laughs> IPVP. Yeah, IVBP is going to be on today at noon as well. We're going to go for about an hour. We're talking about lore, building story, uh, what that's like when you're starting from scratch with a brand new MMO. So check that out uh, here on the channel. Core at 4 p.m. today. Same place, same time as usual, 4 p.m. 
And uh, Couch Party tomorrow. If you are a patron of TMS, you'll want to tune in for that because we're going to do an, a complete Firefly rewatch. And we're going to start with yeah. episode one tomorrow and move from there. We'll Look. watch one. We'll take a break for a week because we have a Couch Party the following week. or or, And we're talking about the 27th, doing it again on a Saturday so more people can uh, be there for a Saturday. Oh, Playdate, um, you mean, right? You said Couch date. Party. Yeah. Playdate. I'm sorry, Playdate. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're doing it on. Oh, yeah, we did decide Saturday, didn't we? We did decide Saturday, so 27th Saturday play date. Yep, looking forward to that also. Always fun. Yep. Yes. Um, oh, I've got something. Me and, uh, um, uh, oh my God, his, his name, his his avatar name just completely went out of my head. Um, but he's the guy, Alkabob, uh, are working on a, um, is it Alkabob? No, I'm not 100% sure. Um, the guy who does all of our interfaces for Half-Asses and Family Feud <clears throat> we're that working is, on that is Alkabob, right? I think it's Alkabob, yeah. yeah. Uh we're working on a um a derivative of the floor. You know, the new Rob Lowe game show that I've been talking about that's so cool. Like oh, yeah. it's got a cool premise where you've got a hundred people all with a specialty category, and then they have to answer trivia questions and take over territories and spaces. We're looking at a um uh, a tadpool playable version of it that we could spend an entire play date uh, doing. It won't, Super into it. Won't it won't be for January, but yeah. probably February. Uh, love it. Love it. Yeah. Let's do that. I love that so, idea. It's not complicated at all, Claire. You've got 100 people. They all have a special category. They pick one person at random. They have to pick one of the people around them. And if they beat them in their speci- uh, their category, they take over that space. That person's out. And it's just who's got the most space. And it's it's That's basically out. a battle That's royale. Out. You're down to one person at the end. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. One person who's got all the space at yeah. the end. So think of it. It's 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 Fortnite. Okay, Claire? Yeah, exactly. It's Fortnite. Uh, but I want to come up with a really good prize because there's going to be like one winner from this whole thing. And I'd love to give them something really, really cool. Nice. Uh, so look forward so, to that. That's coming we'll, up. We'll in figure that out. Probably yeah. a month or so. Probably February. Uh, the play February play date um, is what it'll be. Nice yeah. play you retro. Have be, you have oh. to be willing to to get on, you know, uh, and talk uh, on Discord with us. Yeah. So and we're not doing hundred people. We're going to do twenty five, a five by five grid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, <sighs> don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, we're not going crazy. You know, if it takes off and does amazing things, maybe we'll consider yeah. it. But let's start well, low. Then and- it becomes a uh, a milestone, a Patreon mile, Patreon milestone that we have to achieve. Yeah, that's right. Pull out your wallets. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, also, play retro on Friday, one thirty p.m. Sonic three slash Knuckles and Sonic or Sonic and Knuckles. Weird story cool. behind that game. You got to check that out. Uh, me and Dunaway doing that. And then Film Sack this weekend, we're doing the film Black Hat, a Michael Mann film no one's heard of uh, from not that many years ago, 2015, I think. And uh, it will be, uh, we'll take a look at it. Chris Hemsworth's in there. He's got a little tiny black hat. Uh, <laughs> is that is that is that the, the story? Is he's just got a little black hat, just That's a little so top hat? He's he's doing the right. me and my shadow song. Me and my shadow. Uh, this is uh, for those looking. It's on Netflix. Uh, came out in 2015. Uh, if you said that or not. Um, uh, yeah, none of us have ever seen this, and I know zero about it. Yeah, so. I don't either. I don't know a thing. I know I love Michael Mann, and I like Chris Hemsworth, so I don't know why this has such a low score on IMDb, but we're going to find out yeah. together. Uh, that's it. 
we're done. Frogpants.com slash TMS for all our links to everything, including that Patreon we mentioned. So go check that out. Brian, let's get out of here with some music. What do you have for us? With the song, closing out our week with uh, another uh, another banger. Um, this is uh, Jimmy G1968. Can't read today for some reason. Uh, wrote in for this one. And... Uh, said, hey guys, Jimmy G1968, yo, 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 your retired cruise ship inspector here. Oh yeah, okay, right. Uh, Friday, January 19th, will be my 56th time to celebrate being a speck on this anthill we call Earth. Man. I love how you guys all come up with new ways of telling me it's your birthday. It's yeah, the best. It's amazing. Uh, having grown up in SoCal, Oingo Boingo is still one of my all-time favorite bands. Yeah, represent, brother. Uh, it would make my day if you were to cover them for my birthday. Being that you don't broadcast on Fridays anytime beforehand would be appreciated. Sincerely, Jimmy G, 1968. Happy birthday. Sorry, dude. You're in the range. That's how it works. You get the old yeah, people. That doesn't. The math isn't. Is the math mathin? Math isn't mathin for me, is it? Uh, Jimmy G. It's 1968. If he was born 1968, yeah. He turns 56 this year. Does that mean I'm wait 54? I guess I'm 54. You and I are 54. Yeah. So son of a bitch. I I've been telling people I've been 50, I've been telling people I'm 53 for the last <laughs> really? two years. Apparently, no. This yes. is what happens. We hit a certain age, and we. St- it's not as so much forgetting, but we really like that three better than the four. God, you know? I love the three so much more than the four. I know. Oh, all right. Well, I agree. Then I'll be then I'll be uh, 54 for the last six months of my 54th <laughs> year. Damn. All right. Well, uh, happy birthday, Jimmy G. Nineteen sixty-eight. You already got your. You already got your song. Mm. Your 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 happy birthday. Anyway, let's give you this. Now, I don't. You know, I, I love I love Oingo Boingo, and uh, for you, my friend, because you are also a big fan of Oingo Boingo. I don't want to just go with Dead Man's Party mm. or Stay mm. or you know one of their biggest hits. Sure. I want to go a little bit deeper for you. Oh, geez, that sounds gross. Um, But I'm going to go with uh, a cover by uh, a band that is so visual. If you have not seen what these guys look like, you need to check them out. But this is a great audio cover that you're going to love. Came out in 2005 on the Dead Bands Party tribute to Oingo Boingo. It's by a band called The Aquabats. It's their cover of Oingo Boingo's The Controller.
Get more at frogpants.com. Where am I now? Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 